Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Welcome to another Life is Hard podcast. Who's the singer on our jingle? Like that dude is awesome. No, yeah, right, right. Actually, <laughs> actually, if if you want to do the um, uh, self self flagellation here, um, I was uh, I was in my iTunes library on this computer today. This computer that I'm, I'm doing the podcast on, which is not the computer I usually use. So I brought up iTunes to see what what a music track would sound like through this box we're using. And the only song I have in my iTunes library in this computer is one of yours. Oh, that's can't be a good reference then. No, it was good. It was good. It was great. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> All right, so let's continue with self-flagellation for just a bit longer. Okay. Just a, just a bit longer. Uh, and because I've been thinking about this, right? It's like every once in a while, sometimes at the end, we'll say, hey, like and subscribe or whatever. But I really don't Nobody know. Nobody does who is listening if anyone right like i can see that we get like 10 plays on anchor and all the places that anchor distributes to and i don't know how many people okay listen do on they the know that website. our do they know that our website is life is hard podcast.com and you can leave comments there anybody can they can but here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking twitter is the spot right because we both use oh, twitter yeah. and we have a life is hard podcast account on twitter and I would just like to point out here at the beginning that if you happen to be listening and you give two iotas about us knowing that you're listening and or have anything to contribute, a topic you would like us to cover, a question, maybe you would like to be a guest, maybe you know somebody who you think would be a good guest, anything at all, well, just it, like If they even followed our Twitter it. account, that would be a good sign. Yeah, well, follow the Twitter, but interact with us, you know, somehow. Like, I feel like we're on an island, you know, most of the time. You know, it's funny because that's kind of the topic of the discussion today is island. Well, then take it away. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> anybody who isn't living in a cave knows that we're having this coronavirus thing. And my brother um, happened to be on vacation this past week in, um, I don't know, somewhere in California, Southern California. He's... He does this annual pilgrimage to California to hang out in hot tubs and eat. And actually, mm -hmm. him and his friends, uh, they um, pretty much all they talk about while they're on vacation is where they're going to eat next. But, That's all I talk about in daily life. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was, <laughs> he just got home, you know, earlier today. And of course, he has to rest up from his vacation so he can get back to work. Yes. And I was thinking to myself, you know, when we were hunter-gatherers, um, we didn't have these sorts of problems. We got to travel all the time, and we didn't get, you know, we didn't have TSA. We didn't have pandemics to deal with. We didn't have any of this crazy stuff. We just basically just, you know, threw a bag over our shoulder and headed out to where there was, you know, food, right? Yes. Where are we going to eat today? How about over there? Yeah, I mean, well, what is, you know, what have we got to eat? I mean, you know, but but I'm just like, those decisions were simpler. You didn't have, you know, you didn't go for a drive or find, catch a cab or an Uber or check your smartphone for recommendations. You didn't have Yelp. You didn't have, you know, you didn't have to check into a hotel room, no credit cards, no money. I mean, it was just simpler. Those were simpler times. I mean, to think that, to think how hard it is to live in this world when you have to rest up from your vacation. 
Look, I'm pretty happy we have all those things with the exception of Yelp. Yelp. Well, can, yeah, Yelp is a... We talked about Yelp, Yelp once. Exactly. I don't remember. We should number our episodes and I Yelp should... Yelp can should, kiss my grits. Yeah, yeah but, if we numbered our episodes, although we do put dates on them, right? So I could search we, for, you know... We do put dates and we also put clever little titles on them and I'm willing to bet... That there was something referencing Yelp in the... Uh, exactly. Yeah, I think was. it was something along the lines of Yelp a brother out. I seem to remember something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm. that's probably the one. And you do do some very clever titles. Thank you. More self-flagellation. That's going to be this theme of the episode, I think. Well, I hope people appreciate the titles. And and if you do appreciate the titles, I want you to know they're all Rob. Rob is the title guy. Yes, I work slavishly at coming up with something each and every week. Something like that, yeah. And slavishly, I'm not sure that's... Slavishly? Well, no, I mean, that's the right, it's a word. I just was thinking more like, I guess you're not getting paid, so it's somewhat slavish. Yeah, anyway, I mean, I I just, I guess I'm just saying, you know, the people who are actually slaves probably might take issue with that. Okay, well, I don't mean it like that. I mean that I, you know, put myself through grueling mental exercises of creativity on demand you know to like but and and sometimes like we were talking about the inconsistency in publishing the podcast right sometimes that's the reason for the delay like it's all edited and ready to go i just need to name it and it'll sit there for like a whole day while i try to think of a good name (laughs) oh i wish you would have told me that because i wouldn't have spent all this money on this thing to speed things up (laughs) well i won't do it anymore well, I mean, if you have to take a day to come up with a good title, I guess that's what you have to do. I just thought that we were limited by more processing time, but okay. Well, we are. I'm just saying, you know, it was already three or four days. Another day is not going to hurt if I think of a good title. But, you know, on, on the slavish note, um, the I, some, I went off on somebody recently. They were talking about immigrants and taking jobs, and I just went off on them. I'm just like, how can an immigrant take a job? from anybody when it's illegal to employ an illegal immigrant. If they don't have a green card and you're an employer, you're not allowed to employ them. Not legally, yeah, right. Not legally, right. Well, we're talking, you know, legal here. We're talking legalities because if they're... Right, so your point is if the illegal immigrant is taking your job, then the company that's hiring them is to blame because they're breaking the law. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's that would be more enforceable it, from from an administrative perspective. It's easier to enforce that than it is. I mean, let's face it. If you're a company, let's say you're a landscaping business and you employ a bunch of illegal aliens and you don't pay them very much money and your neighbor is a landscaper and he is a legal employer and he pays his people more money and has to pay benefits and payroll taxes and all that stuff, you, you've got a competitive advantage over him. Absolutely. That's why they do it. Right, right. But if the laws were being enforced, it would be easy to catch that guy because the guy, his competitor knows. His competitor's like, yeah, that guy's employing a bunch of illegals. I know he's, you know, double dealing under the table. Um, But I guess the biggest point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we blame the illegal aliens for coming over here and wanting to get a job, right? I mean, these people are trying to survive. They don't come over here because they want to take your job. They're not like some 
you know, they've got some vendetta against some American worker. That fucker, he doesn't deserve that job. I'm going to cross the border illegally. I'm going to like, you know, struggle and go through all this, this risk everything to take his job. No, no, they just need a fucking job. And the guy that employs that them. That guy doesn't know how to cut grass. I know how to cut grass. Right, but the employer, that guy's got an agenda. Yep. That guy is thinking, I can hire one of two people. I can hire this decent, upstanding U.S. citizen, or I can hire this illegal guy and treat him like dirt, not give him any benefits, not do anything that I'm legally required to do as an employer, and not even pay him minimum wage. And if he doesn't like it, I'll threaten to turn him in. Yeah, or I'll just replace him. You know, I mean, it's like they don't have any voice, right? They can't complain. And, and this happens at a much larger level, too, and that's actually what pisses me off more. There's large-scale employees or employers. There are big companies. One of them got busted in California not that long ago. Uh, some They claimed they didn't know that their employees filed illegal paperwork. Well, that's bullshit because I'm an employer, and I know how it works. You've got a system to go through to check Social Security numbers through the Social Security system, and you can verify that that Social Security number belongs to the person that they say they are. It's right. it's not that fucking difficult. These employers turn a blind eye intentionally, and then they get away with it. Most of the time, they never get busted. And then if they do get busted, they say, well, we didn't know, so we're not really guilty. We're just, you know, we just made a mistake. Um, but I guess all I'm trying to say is that anybody who comes along and tells me that illegal aliens are taking their jobs, you know, I'm on, I want to just say, look, those employers don't give a fuck about you because if they did, they wouldn't be hiring illegals in place of you. Right. And then there's the argument that they're taking the jobs that we don't want anyway. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's all the, not always all, but I don't mean to stereotype, but typically or stereotypically or generally, it's the yeah, heavy if, labor, you know, high effort, low reward kind of crap jobs that nobody wants to touch. I mean, hell. Americans don't even want to work at McDonald's unless they're getting paid 15 bucks an hour, which I don't blame them, well, by yeah, the way. Well, yeah, part of that's because you can't live on seven bucks an hour. Correct. I realize that. And I'm saying I don't blame them. But the point is that we're not about to go, you know, work in the toil in the fields all day or whatever for, you know, $2 an hour. But now I don't think those people are illegals. I think the field workers are actually legally here. They're migrant workers. I believe well, they're legit. I'm not saying they're all illegal. No, no, no. I'm but I'm saying, saying there's a legitimate way of doing this. There, there are legitimate ways, and and I, I still think it comes down to the employer. The employer. Well, when I lived should in be, North Carolina. There was definitely some company somewhere that got busted for exactly that they had people working in the fields and and they were even not like turning a blind eye or whatever like you were talking about they were supplying these people with false documentation with fake social security numbers and all that yada yada and they got taken down you know eventually they got uh figured out and i don't know what kind of penalties or fines or jail time or anything that happened to the employer themselves but it was definitely some kind of i think it was like in maysville or somewhere really Interesting. yeah well i've always had this uh sort of mantra of if you want to know you know why we can't solve a problem just look and see who's making money off of it 
Yes. Follow the money. Yeah. It's the same way with the drug trade. You know, we're like, why can't we stop these heroin dealers or Coke dealers or whatever? It's because we don't want to. There's not only money being made through the sales of those things, which ends up, some of it ends up patting somebody's, you know, palms or pockets or whatever. Um, You know, there's kickbacks to various officials to to allow them to continue to operate. But, But also... Uh, you know, police departments and in these all these different law enforcement, the DEA and everything, have these huge budgets that are based on this problem. If the problem went away, they would have smaller budgets, fewer people, less to do. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, these things all come down to somebody is making a killing on this, and therefore we will never solve this problem. You wonder why you never hear that argument, too. Like, you know, when when we say, well, the environment is a main concern and we're going to stop burning coal or whatever, then all the, you know, coal places that, that depend on coal mines for the local economy or whatever, all up in arms. What about our jobs and what about our economy and that kind of stuff? But like when people are running for office and they say we are gonna reduce crime by 80 percent you never hear anybody going like but what about the jobs you're gonna lose for the (laughs) police officers or you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's kind of weird but like everything that you do is gonna affect somebody's job somewhere which is why yang has it right and you need a universal basic income so that you uh, you know, you can mitigate those kind of things or not have to like sink to the depths of hell because, you know, the industry changed around you that you were in. Well, I can tell you if we did universal health care, we would have to do something like that for the people that we displaced because there would be a lot of people assuming, well, even if you don't do away with private health insurance. If you just say, well, you can have either the public option or the private health insurance, eventually everybody is going to move to the public option unless they're just too rich, you know, have more money than they have since. Um, But you'd have a lot of people in the insurance industry losing their jobs. Right. So so we're going to get universal health care and universal basic income? Not necessarily for everybody. I'm just saying we should have some sort of a catch catch for those people to, while they're being retrained and reemployed. I, I just, sure. I, you know, there should be some, but I don't want to get off on that tangent because that's like getting into the weeds of how we would do universal health care. I think it could be done and I think it needs to be done. And that's probably all I'm going to say about that tonight. We definitely live in a country where it's ridiculous that people have to worry. I mean, even with this this coronavirus thing, if you, I've, I've read uh, that it costs money to get tested and your insurance right. won't necessarily cover it. So the one number I heard was $3,000. What? Yeah. To so, get tested for coronavirus? Yeah. If you just wanted to get tested, like if you just said, wow. you know, I want to get tested. Yeah. The, the, basically it's the same type of thing as if you got a blood test or got tested for HIV or something else. That gives me a great idea. I'm going to take a folding table. And like set it up on a street corner and hang a little sign. Oh. You know, cor- coronavirus tests, only $1,000 each, you know, and they'll step yeah. up. If you get a nice banner, because um, you don't actually have mm. to do the test. You just get the swab and put mm-hmm. it in and, and put it in a nice 
lab looking container and seal it in an envelope and write their name on it and say, okay, we're going to send that off. And in a few days, you'll have your results. We'll mail them to you. Oh, see, I was just going to like flip over a card. And if you get a Jack coronavirus. Oh no, no, no. You know. Cause you could, you could get you. I, and, and I'm not trying to tell anybody to rip anybody off, but you could get away with this because you could have your very official setup where you're collecting samples and telling them they're going to get the results in the mail. And then before the results would be due back in the mail, you disappear. And you just take <laughs> all do the, what? You, well, you have all the money, right? You, you just escape you just, to Canada? No, but you, you trade could, your money in. You could be wearing a disguise when you do the little booth, or you could pay some 20-year-old to do the booth. You just tell him it's all legit. And don't tell him it's a big, you know, and he doesn't know who you are. I mean, I'm saying you could get away hey, with it. Hey, might as well get an illegal alien to do it, right? Because then... Yeah, and you, you could pay, pay him, him under the table. You could pay him really well, too. I mean, you could probably... Because if they're getting a 1000 bucks a pop, and in, in a day they collect, you know, $100,000... You say, hey, here's a couple grand for your time. And they'd be like, holy shit. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, well, we're making pretty good money. And you walk away with $98,000. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are not trying to- ever going to follow us on Twitter now. This is the, not the podcast to tell people how to- Oh, God, and we can't edit this either. This is the no edits version. So anyway, I have one more thing to talk about before we, uh, before we run out of time. We have 13 minutes left, FYI. Oh, do we? You're timing this? Okay. Uh, well, it tells me on the little machine here how much- We've been recording. How long have we been recording? All right. So, uh, we'll go with that. so yeah. So the I don't people that have been listening know that I have been studying AI, artificial intelligence, and uh, and by the way, the type of artificial intelligence that we currently use for all these wonderful things that we think of artificial intelligence being used for is what's called artificial narrow intelligence, as in the AI is specifically trained for one task. And, uh, and it's amazing what they can do. An AI can have superhuman learning capability in one specific area, say recognizing faces or understanding speech or something like that. But what okay. they, the holy grail is called AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. And that's where the program would be able to learn new things in general, like it could be like a person, you know, and, and it can figure out why I, the the one. I'm thing, not sure we want that. That's when Skynet takes over. That's exactly that's the holy grail. But I just want to point out that that this is what they're working towards. This is what they're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars of research to create. And it could happen, you know, tomorrow. Most people think it's decades away, um, but you never know when that breakthrough will happen. The the, the thing that we can't just to to, to make it you know, to bring it into practical terms, um, the computer might be able to recognize a pattern, right? But it can't do something like predict what's going to happen, you know, or understand why something happened. Like imagine that you're, here's a great example they, they actually had in this magazine I was reading. You see a truck, you're driving down the interstate and the truck that's in front of you swerves and hits the guardrail you instinctively know that as this truck sort of starts to roll, that its load, the load of logs on it, is going to fall out and go across the highway in front of you. You know that before they actually fall. Right. AI would not. Even the best driving programs we have today would not be able to anticipate those logs. Now, as soon as the logs were in the road, it would recognize an obstruction and deal with it. Well, we, we hope it would. But, um, but it, couldn't, it couldn't anticipate what was about to happen, 
where we can. And that's something that they're working on now. Now, I didn't bring it up because I wanted to get into the, you know, like, oh my God, you know, all that stuff. What I brought it up for was because I've been studying all this stuff and I've been studying, you know, the actual programming of this stuff and everything else. But I was reading an article in Fortune Magazine where they're talking about the money that's being spent because that's what Fortune Magazine is. It's about investments and companies and stuff. And what's at stake here? And they're essentially saying that the company that discovers... AGI or artificial general intelligence will essentially rule the world. I mean, they will be able, it will be like inventing fire and being able to capitalize on it. Right. And it's interesting the language they use in the article because they talk about how AGI would, would, what's the word? I, I probably should have highlighted some notes in here, but, but, you know, basically reinvent how we do business. You know, it would, um, revolutionize, yeah, revolutionize business, and it, and it would also, and they don't say this, but the, they sort of imply this. It would make it possible for one business to just sell a product that to other businesses that would make it just so much easier for them to steal money from consumers, right? Because right now we use AI for all kinds of things that are basically, you know, cap trying to make businesses more profitable, and this would be the ultimate. Profit, but what's interesting is that almost nothing in this entire article mentions that this technology would be used to better the human condition. No, of course not. Why would we do that? It's it's just it's it's all about like like the first company that discovers this is going to be the richest company on the planet, and they're going to be able to control the world as we know it. You know. And it's like, but does it say anything about when it's discovered, you know, computers will be able to find the cure for cancer, they'll be able to solve all of our problems, they'll be able to do all these things at superhuman speed? No, no, they don't say anything about that. They just say how valuable it would be to the business, which I only bring that up because of how cynical I am and how cynical I will continue to be about how we have gotten to the point in our world where the people that have all the money, and by the way, they've lost a whole bunch of it this week when it's they haven't really lost it, but the Dow is down 2,000 points just today. Yay! Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the people that have all this money and control all this wealth are using it to essentially find better ways to take your money. I mean, that's right. all they're doing. And, and, you know, and eventually, I mean, at some point, they will be able to, it goes back to the Homo Deus book that, you know, with this super AI and, and, and bionics, I don't know if you've seen some of the recent bionics. They've done some amazing stuff with bionics recently. I have not. Yeah, I saw something, uh, a guy who had uh, a bionic legs, it's from, from his like just below his knees down. And um, he can walk just fine, the the feet, I mean, it's just amazing, it's just ridiculously amazing stuff and this and stuff works like right off the bat like because it responds to your muscle so when your brain says i want to move the leg that's not there it picks up on that and moves the same way your leg would have if it were there um so so there's some amazing things but what i'm going for here is that all this stuff costs a lot of money and at some point you know and i've talked about this in our podcast before too you know when you could be cyber enhanced you know, you can, right. you may be perfectly healthy, but you say, hey, you know, I want to replace my ears with better ears or my eyes with better eyes. Or, I mean, it's like LASIK surgery, right? But LASIK surgery is, is not that expensive and not that in-depth. But when you start taking this to the next level where you're genetically engineering things for people or, or you know, all these things, it's going to be not for the poor people. 
Right. And, or and basically you just build a robotic body and transplant your consciousness into it. Yeah, or put your brain you, in it or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Your yeah. brain, your consciousness, you know, and then your eyesight's perfect and your... And you can live forever. Bulletproof, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's but that's what the the end of Homo Deus was basically about is that and well, it's sort of the gist of the whole book was it it's the reason it's Homo Deus is because like the next version humanity version two, and they're basically talking. He's in one of the things he talks about extensively is that you're gonna because of the the wealth distribution problem that we have, and that is continuously getting worse. Um, you're going to have two classes of people, basically. You're going to have the people who, who well, can afford. Do, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've already talked about this, but but you're going to have those people that can afford to do these things, and the people that that can't. Right. And, the mortals and the immortals. And the people that can afford to harness things like you know, general artificial general intelligence and and uh, and cybernetics and and genetic modifications and all this stuff are going to be a race above and beyond the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And, and the rest of us will basically be living in squalor because nobody will care. We don't have the money to be able to afford any of the things that they're designing, which is where the focus will be of all these huge corporations with all these huge amounts of money because really they are driven by, and this is the moral of the story, and by the way, we have five minutes left, they are driven by profit. And the profit margin is in people who you know, who will pay lots of money to be immortal. Right. As makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I might pay a lot of money to be immortal too, if I had it, but I, 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 I mean, it's not in the cards for people like me, but how do you know he's a King? He hasn't got shit all over him. Exactly. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we still have four and a half minutes. Oh no, four. I like how you keep, announcing how much time is left well we never have extra time and i'm kind of those were the things i want to talk about I mean, is I this could, extra this i could can't be extra. i could go on and on about artificial intelligence like i said i've been spending a lot of time researching it but most of what i've learned is in the technical side of it like how it works you know and uh, so the the homo deus book that you're talking about it sounds like uh it shares a lot of ideas with ancient aliens it probably does, although I haven't read that's ancient what they aliens. Say. That's where we're headed, you know. Yeah, and I haven't read that, so I can't compare the two. Maybe I am going to see if I can find a couple good audio books for when I'm driving up to uh, Minnesota um, in in uh, May. Minnesota. And, um, eh? Sorry, I didn't. I tried to do a Minnesota accent, and it oh went yeah, horribly, gotta, so it's mostly the O's, like Minnesota. You just get the Minnesota. O, get the O's right, because if you get an O. There's really not a whole lot they really change other than that. I mean, there's there's sort of a little bit of a, but yeah, it's mostly just to get the O's right. Anyway, so yeah, I'm thinking about trying a couple audiobooks because I've got, you know, the MP3 player thing plug in on my car. and um, My old car didn't have that. It had a CD player. I could put stuff on a CD, but I couldn't plug my phone in and play an audiobook or something. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking about so maybe maybe if I can get the uh, Ancient Aliens on an audiobook, I'll plug it uh, in. I don't know. That's a TV show. I don't know if you get that on an audio oh, book. It's a, but it's, oh, my God. I should have known. Well, but it, it started with the book. Okay, well, so. It was inspired by the 1968 book, Chariots of the Gods, question mark. So, like, you could try that. Try getting Chariots of the Gods. Well, here's a question for you. Would it be, 
is the video necessary to understand what they're saying? Or could I listen to the program? No, I mean, you could definitely listen to the show. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, and get most of it out of it. I mean, you know, they, it's a little more impressive when they show you pictures of the hieroglyphics and how this one looks like that one or, you know, yeah, the, I'm not really interested even, in the sales pitch though. I'm I, just, I know, but even yeah. like, I know we've talked about this before and, and you don't want to buy it or even be entertained by it. And that's cool. But I'm telling you that even if you took out the fantastical talk of aliens and stuff, it's still utterly amazing when they show you these places that somebody built this shit a long fucking time ago before there was like any kind of modern equipment or modern technology and even with modern technology you probably still would have a hard time like all these pyramids and the yeah i would be surprised though if those are things i haven't already seen i mean i've watched so many different documentaries on that sort of thing and i've got a book on ancient civilizations. sure i'm just saying it's impressive to be reminded oh yeah sure i need to be reminded like it wasn't painful enough the first time you could have forgotten by now i could have but I never forget anything. So if you have any suggestions for audiobooks that Doug should listen to on his trip to Minnesota. Um, yeah, leave us a comment or tweet it to us. or Tweet, yeah. yeah. Hit us up on the Twitter. And don't forget, I'm still looking for a date. Yeah, hashtag date Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. In there. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.